vital for Mrs. Frisbee to move her family of mice before the farmer plies the field and destroys her home. But her youngest son is ill, and she is worried that he might not survive the move. Help arrives in the form of some super-intelligent rats who live under the rosebush. Only then does Mrs. Frisbee begin to understand the extraordinary history of these rats and why they, they regard her husband as a hero. Hi, welcome back to Books Are Back. I'm Ursula. And I'm Catherine. I'm Ursula's mum. Today we're going to be reading Robert O'Brien's Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. And we're just catching up with our podcasting schedule this week. It's half term here and we're recording in the morning. Instead in, of the evening. In our pyjamas. You might hear more traffic than normal um, because we normally record I in the quiet evening. After pasta. So, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. I read this book when I was uh, small. I, I, I've read all the books and books are back. That's kind of the point. Kind of the point. <laughs> um, I remember it being about... I seem to remember a lot about a hedge living underground, running along a hedgerow. Maybe some kind of tunnelling exploits, a bit tunneling like tunnelling, a bit correct. like the Fantastic Mr. Fox style. Oh, a bit, yeah. And I remember, I don't know if they had to get into the lab where the rats had become intelligent or break out of the lab where the rats. Option number two. Had become intelligent. <laughs> it's always option number two. Why would you want to go back there? I don't know to get <laughs> to get to get something that'd been left behind or something. I. I can't remember, but it seems to, I think I enjoyed the stuff about the rats learning things. And, I, I like that as well. Um, like, like the different, like going into detail about the different mazes and the different open door on right to get food. Like the, yeah. just those little details. I think somehow I probably fashioned myself as you know a rat who would learn their way out of. Every time they get something wrong, they get electrocuted. I've forgotten that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just saying, I don't think he'd really enjoy that. <laughs> but that's about as much as I've got. So, you've read it this week. Mm-hmm. What's it about? Sometimes I feel like you choose books just because you see them on the shelf and go, oh, yeah, I read that when I was eight, rather than because you have any memory of them. I try to choose books that I remember having a favourable feeling towards. Okay. And I think I enjoyed this one. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. So what's it about? Title, I, I mean, back cover pretty much explains it, but it's um, just basically Mrs Frisbee is trying, her son gets really ill, and so she goes to see a mouse who lives on the other side of the farm called Mr Ages, and he gives her medicine. But then she finds out that... Um, it won't be the two weeks that's needed before the farm, the farmer starts to plough. It'll be um, five days. And so she, on her way home, she rescues this crow who takes her to go and see um, the, the wise owl and he tells her to go to the rats. And basically the rest of the book is about her. She discovers a bit about how the rats became hyper-intelligent, uh, where they're from, how they... What their plan is, the plan's a very big part of the book, and um, they eventually help her in some way or another. And is that all you're giving us on your spoiler prevention programme? Yes. 
Because I don't remember what the rats... I'll, I'll tell you what the plan is. Right. But I'm not going to tell you what happens with the rats. I'm definitely not about their near-death experience. Oh, whoopsies. <sighs> you heard nothing. So, I noticed it did take you a while to read. Is it? Is it well written? Is it dense? It is really well written. I think it is that it's dense. I mean, there's a lot of words and the print in my copy is actually quite small and there's not much space between them, so I think my eyes just got tired. And I was like, yeah, I, I get this, that this is like the third line using an adjective that means the same word as red, that kind of thing. But it's, a, it's an enjoyable book, it is well written. Cool. Yeah, I, I know that I'm grasping about for what the actual plot of the book is. I can remember these atmospheric things like, you know, the rats and their training and their learning. But I can't really remember what the adventure is once Mrs Frisbee gets together with them, other than it re- involves tunnelling. I did see when I was researching the author that the rat's plan is, is very important in the movie that was made of the book as well. Um, it was made, I think, by Disney into a movie called The Secret of, of Nim. Nim. Um, and I think the movie's quite different. I think it changes things quite a bit. But the rat's plan seems to have been part of it. What's her plan? Well, so basically, most of the rats have decided they want to they want to stop stealing stuff from humans and they think that um, they should be able to form their own rat civilization. And so the plan is basically to destroy everything and take seeds and make their own tractors and plows and stuff and move them into this valley, which they found that has a nice clearing, lots of forest, big mountains, which they can tunnel under um, and make caves in and lots of different lakes and to live there and work out how to grow things for themselves, not steal food, maybe even make their own electricity, but they, they don't really want to be stealing stuff anymore. That's exciting, because I suppose there's a limitation if you're a rat. You can be intelligent as you like, but there's maybe problems with using your hands. Yes. Yeah, I I can see that. Electricity might be a step too far. No, they've worked out how to manipulate it. They just can't create it themselves. Right. (laughs) Interesting. So, would you recommend it? Yeah, I really would. Um... Something I would say is it's not really a read if you really, 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 really want to read a book that's all about fantasy. Everything is absolutely nowhere near believable whatsoever. Um, It's maybe more on the, yeah, that probably could happen right under our noses kind of scheme. So it's not got magic. No magic. It's more... Unless you count rats manipulating electricity as magic. In that case, yes, a lot of magic. It's more kind of science fiction, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that's a better word for it. Um, I found out that the man who wrote it, Robert O'Brien, Rob, I think he's called Robert C. O'Brien on yeah, the cover. Yeah, Robert C. O'Brien. Um, he wrote about four books, and they were all in the science fiction type genre. Um, were they all his... about Mrs. Frisbee? No. And... His name wasn't Robert C. O'Brien. Pen name. Pen name. He was actually called Robert Conley, and he was a journalist, but he had a job at National Geographic magazine, which is an American magazine, and his contract with them said that he was not to publish with any other company. 
Um, so so he, what if he wrote his own book, he had to publish it with their publishing company? Well, I'm not sure exactly whether this would have even been a breach of contract, because obviously what National Geographic of a magazine don't want him to do is to write for other magazines. But anyway, he seems to have made the decision that when he published his children's novel, he would use a pen name. Um, and he published all four of his books under um, the name Robert C. O'Brien. What is his real name? And his real name was Robert Connolly. And in fact, when he, this book won a prize, it won um, quite a famous American prize for children's literature called the Newbery Medal, which is awarded by American librarians. And they have a big dinner and the person who's awarded the prize um, goes up to make a speech and he sent his editor to read out his speech <laughs> so, that no one, so that no one would know who he was. Mr. Robert C. O'Brien has become dreadfully ill. I'm here to read out his speech instead. <laughs> There's quite a good joke in it where he says, you know, I've sent my editor up and I will hide here in the audience and lead the applause. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. So was he at the dinner? I think he must have been posing as a journalist. <laughs> so, yeah, our, our copy of the book has got this really quite ugly cover. Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's not the best. And it's based on the movie and and the name, the secret of name is bigger on yeah. this cover than the actual name of the book. Yeah, it's like in white writing at the top, um, the name, and then yellow writing, same size, now film does, and then a big ombre writing, the secret of men. I mean, if you do a Google search for covers of the book... These are all much better, there's, there's, except that one, because that's it. There's, there's 150 other <laughs> better versions. I, I like that one. That's of her on the crew. So she flies the crew? Yeah, she does. Well, she, she doesn't really fly. She sits on its back while it goes flying. Oh, I suppose that gets a lift from the crew. Is that yeah, more yeah. realistic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, flies the crew kind of puts in the picture of, like, the picture in your head that, you know, he, she's sitting on it going, yeah, crew, onwards! <laughs> like a cowboy. But they're more, <clears throat> they're more equal than that. Yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, yes, so that, yes, there are lovely pictures that there could have been, but this rather odd um, picture of... Uh, kind of mystical mouse apparently the movie introduced right. a magical element that there isn't in the book maybe that's um nicodemus and they've like changed his character is he like the oldest rat yeah he he's the one who basically led the escape from the um from nim nim now i was going to i was going to talk to you about nim so nim is all in capital letters in the title because do you know why yeah because it's a place it's actually a, it's an acronym for the national institute of mental health i don't think rats come under the national institute of mental health <laughs> well it's obviously in a sort of an academic institution um where there was rat study <laughs> going on um, and mice study there are mice there and it seems as though robert Connolly went there to visit a patient and saw that there was academic research happening and saw a building that was different from the others and asked about it and found out it was somewhere where behavioural yeah, behavioral studies on rodents were going on. Um, and a man called John Cahoon worked there um, in the 60s. And his rat experiments were actually different from the ones that we think about it's typical with mazes and trying to teach the rats to turn yeah. left or turn right or work things out yeah, basically what happens is um every once in a while in the maze 
um, you, the rats get two options, and it's the same maze every time. But if you go the wrong way, you get an electric shock. And so he's injected um, gr- groups of rats with different chemicals, um, and his, th- his hypothesis is that the A group, which have had the strongest chemical, will learn faster which way mm. they should be going to not get electrocuted. Well, and, and do they? Yes. So he's actually making the rats more intelligent in the book. Yeah, and he's giving them longer lives. In, in real life, John Cahoon was actually doing a slightly different experiment um, that just involved getting lots of rats together in a massive rat utopia. <laughs> Um, what, and saying play? And, yeah, and seeing and kind of just much more observational. Well, here's a plastic box, here's a ball of food, work it out. Exactly, but he found that they, they didn't do well. They needed more Help. challenge in their lives, I think, than just being dumped in this rat utopia to, to get on with Fine. it. Well, but, that's really interesting that the experiments were different. Yeah, but um, the book, when it came out... Had a great reception. It won a prize, um, and the people that read it said, "Gosh, the themes in this book are so contemporary." In the early seventies, Mr. O'Brien has really done well to think about these current themes: pollution and the perils of upsetting the balance of nature, and sort of mankind sort of messing up. How the monkeys the world. came out of the tree. And so one of the things that the rats think about, um, or they did think about, um, that Nicodemus um, explains to Mrs Frisbee is that um, a lot of the conversations that the rats used to have was, what would it have been like if the monkeys didn't come out of the tree and we came out of the ground? Oh, I see. So the rats are Mm -hmm. thinking that they could have been the top civilization. Yeah. Yeah. But they then realised that it would have been so different. There wouldn't have been skyscrapers because they wouldn't have walked from the sky. They, it would have been a whole network of un, of an underground subway, subway, subway systems. Deeper tunnels, yeah. not taller buildings. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, I was thinking about whether these themes of upsetting the balance of nature are still current. Yeah, I think so. Still relevant. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, shall I I do the quiz or shall I explain a bit more on how they escape from Nim? What should we do first? What should we do first? No, let's not have more on how they escape from Nim. Let's do the quiz. Okay. Yeah, I think I've talked enough about the book to get some more memories that might help me. Okay. Well, let's get started. The Doctor has two assistants. Uh, Can you remember even just what one of them are called? (gasps) No. They're called George and Julie. I couldn't even have told you that there was a man and a woman. Okay. <laughs> Who's the doctor? Uh, the guy who, like, experiments. No, oh, right, so the, he's a man. Yeah. Right, got it. Um, so, next, so the groups of rats are group A, group B, group C. Can you remember why group C is called group C? So group A is getting the A injection, group B is getting the B injection. Group C isn't getting an injection, so why are they called Group C? Because they're the control group. Yes. Okay, and then the last one, you can probably get it because it's right next to you. What colour is she wearing on her coat? What, on the cover? Yes. Is it a brown coat? It's a red coat. <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> there we go. So in the Disney movie, she's got a red cloak. Um, so she... Does she wear clothes? I think they wear clothes up to the extent of 
they keep themselves warm. They don't wear clothes like we wear a t-shirt and a jumper and a pair of trousers and some shoes. I think if they're chilly, they will put on a scarf. If okay. that makes sense. Cool. Okay, well, you know I like to find some other information about the book. And this week I have brought a review by someone who read the book and watched the movie. When it was published? No, I think later, after the movie had come out. Now, Robert O'Brien didn't survive long enough to see the movie made. But his daughters wrote sequels to Mrs Frisbee. That's nice. Maybe Um, I could take a look into them. Yeah, there's two sequels, I think maybe by one of his daughters. Um, But this is a review by an, an American academic who had read the book and then watched the movie and she's kind of talking about the differences, but I wanted to really focus on what she said about the book. And she says, in his Newbury Award acceptance speech, Robert O'Brien noted that the mind learns that it's not easy to separate good from bad. They become deviously intertwined. From books, it learns that not all doors are simply open or shut, and that even rats can become heroes. He's speaking here of the moral complexity of his novel, Mrs Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, which, which deals with such problematic issues as the roles of science and technology, identity, idealism, family life, forms of community and means of survival. There are gradations of moral understanding and culpability in his worldview, but there is not often a clear demarcation between right and wrong. Similarly, his characters are often complex combinations of idealism and cynicism, strength and weakness, sympathy and practicality. Those characters must be complex to deal with a range of issues and the world O'Brien details, a world of danger where choices are often based more on survival and need than on easy preference and personal desire. And I think she goes on then to say that a lot of that is lost when everything has to become sort of simplified for the movie. But I wanted to ask you if you think that's a a fair reflection on his characterization. Are are his characters complex? Before I dive into that, what do in the sums and synonyms mean? Idealism and cynicism. Yeah. So idealism is when someone thinks um that things could really be better maybe if they follow a particular philosophy that they will they'll have they have a lot of hope and they pin a lot of hope in that philosophy that things will be great and cynicism is a jaded worldview where people think everything's going wrong so far i don't think any philosophy could cheer things up um I like the glass half empty, glass half full question. Yeah, I take <laughs> I take a very um, jaded view of how life will go forward. So okay. it's a sort of a it's a little bit like optimism and pessimism. Yeah. Okay. So um, I would say that definitely that it's hard to tell whether a couple of the characters are right or wrong. Is so true. For example, the doctor is he doing these experiments on the rat? to help the rats, to make them live longer, to give them more intelligence, or to let him win an award. Right. Or, I don't know, another example, Timmy, Timothy, um, who's her youngest, obviously. Um, is he happy that his mother is going to all these risks to try and keep him safe? 
Or is he just thinking, ugh, why don't we just move and let me die? Oh. Well, so those are difficult choices. Are they? Um, I don't know. I think they're like yin and yang. You can't really have one without the other. Yeah, okay. So I also read that some people thought that the plot was more interesting than the people. No. What? No? No, the people are varying. What? The mice and the rats and the birds and the couple of people are are just as interesting as the plot. Right. It wouldn't have worked if this had been humans. No, there's an added element mm-hmm. of interest yeah. or well, fresh, I think it's, freshness. Or? Yeah, freshness. And it, it's cool that, you know, these animals that you wouldn't put together. I mean, you, you wouldn't have a cat that didn't automatically go and try and kill a mouse. Um, but this cat kind of is just a bit wary. Um, you know, it, it's cool to see them how they actually react in this world, other than in our world. Interesting. Yes, look, it says here, he, he died shortly after the book was published, actually, um, and hasn't seen the film. Would you fancy seeing him? Uh, I think I'd fancy seeing it just for, you know, the, the, the niceness of being able to say that is absolutely rubbish. The book is much better. It does sound like it's quite different. But yeah, I think I would be interested in seeing it. Maybe we could see it together sometime. Cool. Is it Disney? No, it's not. It's a United Artists film distributed by United International Pictures. Never heard of them. No. So, well, do you think that you would maybe read it again now that we've had a bigger discussion about it? Maybe, but I'll tell you what I might do. Yeah. Um, is I, I found out he also wrote a book called Z for Zachariah that I always meant to read when I was a teenager and I never quite got hold of a copy. And I hadn't made the link. I didn't know it was the same author. Mm-hmm. And I I have thought, gosh, I must try and pick a co- up a copy of that. I think it was recommended in a, a a book that I read of, you know, top 50 books to read. And it was uh, a science fiction book, sort of an, an apocalyptic book. These, th- these books are quite popular now. Yeah, I know. I... I'm not sure why. I mean, sure, surely everyone would be burning their books and, you know, the apocalypse is where everyone gets infected and dies. Well, exactly. But this, this Zephyrstachari, I think, is set after uh, a nuclear holocaust and the it's about survivors and living in a very empty world. And I, th- I found that quite intriguing when I was younger um, and I always meant to read it. And I think I might go and try and pick yeah, up a coffee. I can just, read it again in 30 years' time. Just, just for the interest there. Now... Do you want to see next week's book? Yes. Okay, hold on. We are moving to the bookshelf. To the bookshelf, I repeat. We are moving to the bookshelf. I always have to hide the book. <laughs> I know. Lest you get distracted. <laughs> next week, we're going to read... How, How to, to eat. eat Fried Worms by Thomas Brockwell. Rockwell. This is another American book. Um, I feel like we've read more American books than British books. I was speaking to your dad today about the podcast and... He was pointing out that he did not read a huge number of American books when he was a child. But Mrs. Frisbee was one, and this is another. Um, it's got a super new British cover, so, so I hope you enjoy it. I will. And that's all we have this week for Books Are Back. But we'll be back in a fortnight with How to um, Eat Fried yeah. Worms. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Bye.